Welcome to the first episode of Toy History. Before we start anything, obviously you have to introduce yourself. You have to tell us oh, who's sure. here. I'm Chicken Burger Disco. I uh, make weird toys and videos and uh, post stuff on Instagram. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so before we do any kind of history of toy history, tell me what you know about Beanie Babies. Nothing. So I was telling my wife we were going to do this, and she worked at McDonald's okay. around the time of the McDonald's Beanie Baby fiasco. And so she was like, uh, when we would work, when we would, you know, before we had, we put them out for available for people to, to sell, they had sat us down and had like a manager meeting, which I'm immediately thinking back to like when I worked fast food as my first job. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, you're in those gross uniforms. It's freaking hot. Yep. And they want to tell you about, we're going to release Beanie Babies <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be traumatic, right? Yeah. It, and in the same story, she told me about like in the same sort of conversation we had, she's talking about how at one point they had like 25 cent hamburgers mm -hmm. and people went bonkers. Oh, yeah. You know, people coming in buying hundreds of them at a time. And, and the fact that the mayhem for people coming in and buying 25 cent hamburgers and Beanie Babies are in the same conversation to me is hilarious because it says basically the same kind of like, I don't know what you call it, not excitement, but like uh, rampant fandom is yeah. happening whether it's for your tummy or it's for a stuffed bag of beans and i don't know much else about them like i think yeah. somewhere i bought like a a trunk of mcdonald's toys on ebay right just a lot of crap yeah because you're going like oh i could use that arm for that or whatever and i got one and i'm like this is gross you know because it's like yeah. it doesn't age well <laughs> yeah it's just a stuffed animal pillow thing yeah right and it just doesn't like it's falling apart and you're like I bet this was this was what the price was for yeah. whatever lot I had. They went, oh, there's a Beanie Baby in there, up at five bucks or whatever. Yeah. And so, and, and it went into the trash. And that's about all I know about it, other than the fact that people collected them. And I also collect dorky stuff, so I understand it. You know. Yes, but different. Di like yes, this different. one is right. so scary. So uh, before we do that, twenty nine cent hamburgers on Wednesdays and thirty nine cent hamburgers on Sundays was the go to when I was growing up. So that's what she was talking about. I treat you right, don't I? I always do what you want to do. Like remember last Sunday when you wanted to go to McDonald's for thirty nine cent cheeseburgers? <laughs> I took you right. Uh, what about Wednesday for twenty nine cent hamburgers? Huh? It's not you. But what's wrong? It's Thursday. <laughs> now at McDonald's, you can get thirty nine cent cheeseburgers every Sunday and twenty nine cent hamburgers every Wednesday. Did somebody say McDonald's? Yeah. I remember uh, I worked at a Hardee's or Carl's Jr. And yeah. they had a similar thing and just like the lines of people. And yep. like, what are they doing with all these? Like who's eating a hundred of these things? Mm -hmm. But I guess they would freeze them or something like that. How weird is that? Yeah, we would give them Gross. like there was a time where – because the limit was 20. But okay. even 20 of those only That's comes out to like seven or eight bucks. Oh so we God. would get 20, they would, my mom would send my sister and she would get 20. And then we would feed our family of six, our next door neighbors, and then the house in front of us all for like 30 bucks. I gotta be honest. That sounds cool though. Like as yeah. a kid, to yeah. be like exactly like that. Like we're feeding a family of 20 or whatever. And we're all like, it's hamburger day. Yep. So that when I worked in circuit city, 
in retail, we had free pizza for whenever you were like, whatever, for whatever reason. Yeah. We used to make up the song for the guy that would give us the free pizza. So it would be like, Pizza Leroy, Leroy Pizza, we'd sing the song. So I can just imagine as a kid, and that's me at 18, 19, right? I can imagine me as a kid, like Hamburger Day. Yeah. Like the songs would be like, it's Hamburger Day. You know, so I'm sure Beanie Babies people the same way. Like, it's Beanie Baby Day. Can you imagine like they're waking up first thing? Like, thinks because I think Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, when like Star Wars would do their, they, and they don't do this so much anymore, but when they would do their toy releases and people would freak out. Like the, the Phantom Menace, I wasn't part of it. I didn't know, but I saw the kids doing it, right? The people were lined up for Phantom Menace. When they did, they called it Triple Force Fridays a couple years ago now, but they did, their game came out, Rise of Skywalker was coming out, and The Mandalorian was all coming out. Yeah. So like, they put up, you know, displays everywhere and there were lines for people to get in for Star Wars. And I was like there after the line. Yeah. I saw what happened to like, des- <laughs> like these huge like displays that just ransacked, right? Oh, yeah. Like I got this, I got that. And you go in there and you're like, well, there's still cool stuff in here. I'm going to grab this and do whatever, you know, with it or collect it or whatever. Yeah. So imagining that same idea for Beanie Babies. I just, I love the whole, I wish I had paid attention and saw it. I remember like news reports, but like, that's it. Like, you know, just, just, yeah. in, it wasn't in my scope of thinking about, but I wish I could go back because that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Now that you have all that knowledge or you're going to have so much knowledge, you're going to wish. So before we start with Beanie Babies, um, we'll start with Ty Warner. So okay. Ty Warner, he's the creator, Ty Beanie Babies. He worked with his dad at this place called Dakin Toys. But then, and he was this like crazy good salesman, really good at what he did. And then in 86, he ended up leaving Dakin Toys to start his own thing, Ty Products. So he starts Ty Products in 86 and he like gets this weird uh he has like weird toys that he's making nothing really special just another toy thing um which what a good way to describe toys none of us are special we're just another toy thing it's another toy thing yeah (laughs) um but he starts doing that and then he has this idea where he wants to make these things called beanie babies and he has one prototype at the beginning and it's this frog Um, And he gets a hold of this Canadian distributor and the Canadian distributor comes in, takes a look at it. And Ty looks at him and says, this is going to be the biggest thing that will ever come across your hands. I need $500,000 to start it. No way. And so the guy's like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can. And he got him $500,000 and he got him started. So there was the original nine that started. uh, And I have that right here. The original nine were um, Legs the Frog, Squealer the Pig, Brownie the Bear, uh, later renamed Cubby the Bear, Flash the Dolphin, Splash the Whale, and Patty the Platypus and Chocolate the Moose. Uh, and then there was, oh, the two others, Spot the Dog and Pinchers the Lobster. These names suck so bad. Right. It's like, so funny. Like, this so, like, <laughs> by the numbers. Yeah. So, like, on the nose with everything. Splash the Whale. Right. Of course. Of course it is, right? And, oh so, and you can tell who they're marketed to. It's going right. to be kids. Right. The problem that you'll see later on is kids didn't get them. No way. Right. Like kids only got the the ones that they could attain because they were technically commons. So the way that Ty functioned uh, is he 
only functioned in the Chicago area for the first however long. And when he wanted to get these things into stores, he chose not to go through any major retailers. So he would only go through small ones and he would take his uh, van load of all these Beanie Babies and he would go and say, hey, uh, would you like to sell this? And he would go himself and that's who would do it. And so he started to spread out all over the Chicago area. And it was slow to start because Beanie Babies, not many people know it, but Beanie Babies were competing with two of the biggest things to ever exist, N64 and Tickle Me Elmo. And, I remember both those. Yeah. yeah. And like, I remember having an N64 and how much cooler that was than any kind of Beanie Baby. Right. And the fact that Beanie Baby still took off is in, it, it's incredible. So wait, so he starts super small like this, right? So small. He, goes, he So yeah. how do people know about it or want it? Like why, so, how does this grow? There's not really a reason as to why this got big. Right. Yeah. That's, Cause it doesn't, yeah. cause I, I feel like there's like, you know, you go to like, more mom and pop toy stores or more less indie toy stores. And there's like a wood block toy, right? There's a stuffed animal toy that like, you've never seen before. And like those don't, and no, those don't launch. They don't right. go anywhere. They're like, that's neat and cool and awesome. But like they don't become ev- household names or history. Yeah. Things. So he, not only did he do that, he has only done one interview ever with people what? magazine and he did no advertising and no media. Until McDonald's started it, which McDonald's was the only, if not one of the only, to ever license Beanie Babies. First I got Pinky, then I got Pinky. I got Pinky and Patty in the same week. What, Vanessa catch something? Teeny Beanie Baby-itis. Now at McDonald's, your kids can get Teeny Beanie Babies and a Happy Meal. Real Thai Beanie Babies in a mini size. To toss, tuck, or just plain love. One's in each $1.99 hamburger Happy Meal you buy your kids. This uh, Teeny Beanie Baby-itis, will she outgrow it? Not necessarily. <laughs> McDonald's also has extra value meals starting at $2.99. After all, we care about big kids, too. Wow. He just refused to, and somehow, um, like, McDonald's played their cards right and somehow got in there really easily. Well, and even McDonald's, does McDonald's push this? Like, does McDonald's yeah. having this as a toy transform the scenario that yeah. was just a, a guy sort of doing a regional idea that was maybe working a little bit in his region, but then it explodes out? How does it get to that size? Right. So he, this is, and that, like, it gets weird because he gets into um, rarities without telling people that rarities exist. So he starts dropping off at all these stores all over uh, Chicago, but he has no advertising and he won't release any information on what Beanie Babies are out and where they are. So each shop gets different ones. So he's like bad, bad business, right? Everyone. And so what starts to happen is kids are seeing these, but more importantly, moms are seeing these. But why? 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 We're in the collector like sphere in the '90s. That is the the realm that's happening. Uh, Pokemon has become like it has traction and it's starting to get there. Um, Trading card games like Magic have like picked up a little bit, and people are just into collecting all kinds of things. But there's no actual connection because the internet sucks really bad in '93. They start to see it, and he does something even worse. Not only does every shop have different beanie babies every state then also has different ones so, so just, just a, a a like rolling product line of just 
junk, basically. Just junk. going out yep. everywhere. Right? So he had the first nine prototypes. And then by like 1996, he had already released more different ones. Uh, in order to find out where you can get different ones, what these people would do, these early collectors, is they would go to their chamber of commerce and then they would go to the chamber of commerce of every city next to them, call them, and then get a list of every gift shop that was in their city, and then call each gift, gift shop daily to figure out who had what. Oh, my God. I just want to talk to one of these first people because what is compelling them to get so excited about it? Right. I mean, I understand the collector mentality and yep. being like super excited about something, but how does that kick off? How do you see like one and go like, Ooh, I want both those. Ooh, I want three of those. <laughs> yeah. Let me find out where they're selling more of these. Oh, they're selling more over here and they're completely different. What about other towns? Like, how does that balloon? Like, what are the steps? Is it like that, you know, close encounters moment where like he just gets obsessed to the point like he can't sit at the dinner table anymore. Yeah. And his family's falling apart and they're like, but there's babies. There's right. beanie babies in the town over. Yeah. I've got to get to them. Like, when does that click in? And how do people start connecting each other yeah. to this? Because it's got to start like growing this weird community. That's the part I'm It's weird. By. And it's because we have hints of it now in the like this toy scene, right? right? Like I love the Megazord from the Power Rangers show. I have the original one. I bought the Hasbro one. Kicker, they're the same thing. One's just smaller. Sure. And then uh, Flame Toys just put out this rad new metallic, like, cool one. Uh, and I plan on buying that one. Sure. But And so I have, like, little glimpses of this. So here is the crazy thing. No advertising, no interviews except the one. And that didn't come until way later. By 1997, he was made – or they had made 400 – million dollars in sales oh my god and in 1996 so he started in 93 96 profits were up 300 percent, and by 97 that's how much was being pulled in oh my god so like there's and i don't know this very well there, there's a connection yeah. between what you're talking about as far as advertising and companies that become successful mm -hmm. uh there, uh, I was watching a thing not too long ago, but there are certain corporations like DoorDash and things like that that refuse to actually do contemporary advertising systems. Yeah. Uh, Rivian, car company, right? Uh, uh, electric car company. They don't advertise like that. They have zero advertising dollars. Yet the ability for them to continually like get more and more popular, more and more interest goes their way. I don't know how they're doing it, how they're generating the attention. Right. Uh, it's... It's the Daft Punk rule. You make a record, you disappear. And then mm -hmm. for some reason, it grows exponentially to the point where the next time you do anything, you show up with just a slight picture of you, everybody freaks out. Yeah. How that how that snowball starts, that's fascinating to me. And I and what's interesting going, it sounds almost like a fluke. Yeah. And I and I think it was. They hit a perfect storm on accident. And what's interesting is we see these types of things all the time now. We just don't know that they're happening. Right. So you you know what Trader Joe's is. Yep. Trader Joe's spends no money on advertising ever. Right. Uh, they also beat Walmart in like uh, amount of traffic per square foot of the store. Hmm. They beat Walmart every year. And so um, what is happening is this can all be summed up for the Beanie Baby market as one thing. The secondary market is what's driving these prices, not the primary market.
Right. Because uh, the Beanie Baby prices never changed. So you could, but you just can't get a hold of certain ones, which right the value of that one goes up and up and up because of its inaccessibility, right? Right. And so you have people that are doing the same thing that card scalpers are doing now with like Pokemon cards. Oh yeah, going into a store buying all of them, and then like that also promotes scarcity. And then all of a sudden, you see this one has a weird stitch. This one has a color that's not real, so this one is worth more. But it's all really only worth what it like other people say it's worth or what they're willing right. to pay. So intrinsic versus extrinsic value, right? Right. So. And they had a guy that was called the Beanie Meanie, and his name was Harry Rinker. And Harry Rinker would every so often, like once or twice a month, get on the news and then combat the writers of these Beanie Baby magazines that would come out. And he would tell them how ridiculous this was. What he did see was the, how crazy it was going. People were making sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year off of trading Beanie Babies at Beanie Baby shows, and so he noticed that the entire culture was shifting, so that they would all become investment based, no longer collector based. Right, like Funko Pops. Yep, or things like that. Now, like a lot of you mentioned Hasbro earlier, a lot yeah. of. Uh, six-inch scale action figures are a hundred percent. There's a huge uh, reseller base, yeah. right? Oh, Optimus Prime, everybody wants that, or whatever figure it is, and they do exactly like you mentioned. They purchase large portions of that, and then drive the price up based on the availability of it because it may not make it to your target or your walmart or whatever your thing is so in this scenario they had it manufactured into the the the, the formula to not have it be everywhere yeah it was always going to be like that and so then the the rampant fandom and if you have okay so you have people who go all right well if i buy all the beanie babies in my area now i control the entire stock i can charge whatever i want for them there's a guy in new york that wants to tell me this is worth 60 bucks, so I'll give them 60. When does eBay come in? Because eBay's got to be right around this time, right? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So eBay comes in and the markets go nuts. It's one of the top sold and bought things on eBay for years. And there, there's no reason why. eBay has like there – there were interviews with eBay executives and they could not identify why that was the object when you could <laughs> buy and sell everything. Right. eBay in the early days was a wild, wild west, but they just realized uh, what was being fixated on was just Beanie Babies. So uh, they they get to this point in uh, where they need a website, and uh, eBay is right there alongside that. The biggest sale of a Beanie Baby happens in 1997 on eBay for $500,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. And what is crazy about this sale is there was no explanation for it other than it was a rare Beanie Baby that just right. shot up in market value. Just and like anything, like because it hits the right moment. You know, right. Like if it's a Banksy or it's some sort of, you know, they've achieved a certain level of excitement. So when one of those things does become available that is sought after, the price will go crazy. Right. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's just not, you got to hit it right. Again, it's it's yeah. almost accidental. You got to try to read it. And the yeah. hardest part is like looking back at this, more is about to come that is unexplainable. Mm -hmm. And people are even looking back and they're not getting 
why certain things happened. So this is how crazy uh, Beanie Baby got. On top of running eBay, basically, and doing all kinds of things, they decided that the community needed to be in touch. So they created their own website. Nice. So it was uh, one of the first of its kind. Um, it didn't exist in this format. It was a blog guestbook style so you could talk to other people. It is sought after and seen as the predecessor to Facebook. Right. And that no other, what's crazy is social media doesn't exist at this time. The next one that comes up that would be the first one or the one that would catch on the most is like MySpace. But MySpace is still after the Beanie Baby website. Yeah, so you had bulletin boards, which is probably where they started before that, right? So they were probably they were probably fan bulletin boards yep. for Beanie Babies. The Beanie Baby people go like, why don't we just make one? Yeah. Then we have two things. We have a tap right to the audience, so mm-hmm. we can actually cater to the audience and help direct traffic for ourselves, also build upon everything that's there. Think yeah. about it now. The way that would be handled now would be so much more... Um, What's the word? I want to parse my words here. We'd be so much more uh, skillful than at that time, right? Yeah. They they knew what they wanted to do. Now the tools enabling that would be so much more, so much more different and interesting. Anyway, fascinating. Yeah. And well, here is the the weirder part about this. Uh, Not only did the website work, it worked over and above what they thought it would. It would crash Oh when it first launched, because so many people were using it, you could keep track of all the Beanie Babies you had. You could keep track of other people's lists. You could share your list. And then it shot up the secondary market because people were learning of different Beanie Babies that existed that they had no idea. Naturally. Yeah. Yet at this time, there was between one and 15 different Beanie Baby magazines that were coming out on a regular basis. And the people that were sought after to run these things weren't normal editors in chief or publication things. <laughs> they were finding the top collectors of Beanie Babies to run them. Right. Which is cool. Like, what better person to run something about Beanie Babies? But also, maybe we find a better person to run something. Babe, I'm quitting my job. Why are you yeah. quitting your job? Well, I'm going to run Beanie Baby magazine. And it's a legitimate <laughs> answer. Right. That's crazy. That's yeah. So cool, though. It's, so it's wild. And it got crazy enough where people started going on the outside versions of eBay. This became black market. There's mm-hmm. someone uh, she never, ever gives her first name, uh, her first name or her second name. Her first name is Phyllis. And she was brokering deals on the back channels for Beanie Babies of no less than thirty to $50,000. Oh, my gosh. Every deal. And she would have people that would call her and say, hey, don't tell my wife. How do I get you this $30,000 <laughs> and then so ship me the one. Beanie Babies? And then put it on my shelf. See, this is a question I have. So what do you, where, where do you put Beanie Babies? Like, do so you put they them made, on a shelf as a curio cabinet or? It's a specialized. Now it doesn't matter, right? Now it's right. just wherever. But two things happened. When you first got the Beanie Baby, if it didn't come with the tag protector, you got one of those, which is its own specialized thing. I didn't know about this. Yeah. So <laughs> like the baseball little... hats and stuff like that. But so like yeah. you keep the tag on, but like for Beanie Babies, oh my yep. gosh. And then what you would do is they had specialized acrylic cases that were um, like nine inches tall. And it was like a giant rectangle. Is it like and a detoff now? Yeah. So like, and so you just put them in there. Yeah. And it was wow. a weird thing because people would then line their shelves and it would protect them. 
But your Beanie Babel Babies people would learn later were only as good as you could sell them. So if right. you just did it to collect, it didn't matter if you had all the rare ones. It was the people that were at these, like sadly, at the Beanie Baby shows or the card shows that were like doing this that were making the money. Right. Oh, yeah, and, of course. And so investor like investment only mattered short term in this. And so at these Beanie Baby shows, it got so hectic that the actual vendors that were doing enough money had to hire security guards just to watch their booth. And then as well as all that, um, people saw the fame that was happening. So they started doing uh, one of the weirdest things, Chinese bootleg versions nice. of Beanie Babies. And of course, they, that, yeah. And it perfect. was like the craziest thing was, I guess the nineties was just, again, wild, wild west type stuff. They tried to get him on a plane here and they were all confiscated in the biggest bust of Beanie Baby forgeries oh at God. Chicago O'Hare airport. Oh my and, gosh. Right where it was born basically. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, they had all those things that were uh, there um, but they like, they just have to destroy those. Those don't exist anywhere anymore. You can still find forgeries, but not at the scale that it was happening. Wow. Cause now it doesn't make sense to do that anymore. Wow. So Ty was sitting back watching all this happen and he was realizing that there were parts because he wouldn't do interviews and wouldn't do any of that stuff. There were parts of his business that he wasn't able to get in touch with. Right. And so he did a couple things that started and would be the beginning of his demise. And so it's already, it's about 97, 98 ish. Um, and he starts doing things that start to plot his own stumble downward. So he starts to see the climax, realizing he's limited, right? Mm-hmm. I can only do 10 things and I need to do 12 because yeah. if I continue to do 10, it's it's only going to be eight. It's only going to be four. I'm going to lose traction. So I need to hire outside. It, it's uh keep going because this is fascinating. Well, the worst part about it. So he starts to expand a little bit, but then he realizes all these price guides that we talked about earlier and all these magazines coming out. They're using the Thai logo. They're not Thai mm-hmm. affiliated. Thai takes them to court. They oh, no. all settle outside of court. He starts to shut these magazines down and no. starts like destroying them until the magazines can like quickly get to the point where they're like, oh, we won't use your logo. We'll just post pictures of the whatever, the right, bears. Right. Um, and so he gets smart. And there are, if you saw Beanie Babies when you were younger or had any frame of reference when you looked around, there is one Beanie Baby that is a bear that is always talked about that will like forever be in our brains. It was the Princess Diana bear. Okay. So he produced enough so that every store that sold them only got 12 of those bears. Mm -hmm. And so people went crazy. It was the lowest stock of any of his products he had ever made. So those two things started this little stumble downward because he did the princess diana bear which would have been seen as a rarity but people started to notice that he would only produce certain things just for money that's all he right, cared right, about. right right smart guy so so he can, so he's doing two things wrong so yeah uh he's attacking his his ability to grow not thinking about the fact that if people are using your logos and stuff like that yes it's copyright infringement but also yeah. 
they're advertising for you. They're, you're not paying for that. That's how you got here was right. enabling that to grow unfettered. Now that it's grown unfettered and you starting to see weaknesses, mm-hmm. you think, let me hone those, let me hold those weaknesses. So you, they grab tighter to the wheel, right? Right. Because if I hold tighter to the wheel, I can get through this bumpy patch where the reality is or what could have happened. And I don't know if it would work or not, but I'm just saying the other angle would be to let go and yeah. let it run its, let it run itself out. And he starts manufacturing limited uh, adding part of his business model, which was always part of his business model, but not by intent. Right. It was part of his business model because he was ADD, I guess. He wasn't thinking like, just make one beanie baby and just sell one beanie baby. He made 27 different versions. Uh, so now he starts to manufacture scarcity, which yep. attacks your fan base again, because your fan base initially goes rabid for it. Yeah. But at some point they start to go, wait a minute. They're attacking me. They're, they're playing me against myself. Should I do that? Do I? And also, is that Beanie Baby any good? Right. Because that's not the problem. any good. Yeah. If it's not any good. People don't want the scarcity, right? right. Uh, it kind of sucks that one. And you start to chink your, tarnish your, your image. Yeah. Uh, with the flow that you're letting go. Interesting. So he does those, but those are only the first two. Mm-hmm. He do, He keeps doing things that are like spinning him out of control a little bit. He be, he takes all he does, and instead of doing what he does best, he tries to outsource his core comp- competency. He gets really bad at trying to do warehouse stuff, so he builds a 75,000-square-foot warehouse oh, no. to help store and do all this stuff. Um, not necessarily the worst thing, but right. he is already having other issues where he's doing stuff that he shouldn't be doing. So this just adds to like another expense that the company is going through. Right. He then goes through this thing where people are trying to help market his product. They just want to go in and use Beanie Babies and all of his stuff. Even Spielberg comes to him and he turns all of them down. Uh. And so while all this stuff starts happening, this happens Beanie Babies are marketed so high that if you were to steal a Beanie Baby at this time, it was considered felony theft. That was super funny. (laughs) And so criminal activity is going off the charts. And then there is a news story that, like, helps to insert another nail into that coffin. There's a truck full of Beanie Babies going down the freeway. The back spins out. It opens up. Beanie Babies everywhere all over I feel the like I remember seeing images of this people are stopping on the freeway they're getting out of cars running across a busy freeway and there was uh two news articles that came out that were like really big uh one of them said they're trying to collect the ones that were on the ground sure like we're trying to get all those back so if you picked one up send it to us another one said uh, the ones that fell out, or if we can pinpoint the ones that trickled out, those ones will now lo- no longer be worth as much. Oh, so he I was think trying to more. like, yeah, right. So he was trying to like, like tank the market in certain areas. It gets worse, and here is one of the last nails in the coffin. But also, he does it at the like the peak of the peak of his business. He uh, he nails it with this. He made special bears for employees. Usually at his warehouses and things, he would hire non-English speaking people, people that needed that job or that would be without work if they didn't work with what he was offering them. 
he would make specific bears and give them this bear. And it was worth $6,000 because it never got produced anywhere else. Here's the thing. He would immediately fire you if he found out that you sold it. So he had whole teams because of his paranoia that were scouring eBay constantly. People were constantly getting fired and they couldn't figure out why. They later found out that he would put serial numbers on every one of the bears attached to the employee. So if you sold, he knew who it was. And it was no longer like, here's a warning. It was the next day you were gone. Yeah, I don't even want one of those bears at that point. So control, <laughs> control, right? Right. Ultimately, it's yeah. control. It's it, Every one of these, not everyone, but uh, if I'm thinking through them, several of these steps are control related. The right. thing is out of control. Part of him trying to make sure that he continues to keep the spigot of money going yeah. is to try to control the madness and ultimately, you know, like a yin yang type thing winds up being the thing that starts it is there's zero control. Yeah. It's just random. The beauty of it. All over the place. Right. Then it gets the fans take over. They, they bloom it into this big wild, uh, you know, forest or, or garden of wild flowers. Yeah. Going crazy off everywhere. Everybody's talking about it. You're in the media. And then if he's starting to see, and I don't know, I'm making a, a, a thought that he might be starting to see oh no, this is too big. I can't control it. There's money I'm losing. All this is potentially being part of what his thought process is. So they start going through the process of trying to control things, at which point you start to choke the life out of it because what you're really doing is not allowing the garden to grow. Right. right? You're, you're, suff- you're starving it off. You're putting too much sunlight or too much water where it doesn't need it. And now it's just out of, it's unmanageable. Super funny, man. Yeah, wow. and he did that last thing to his employees at the tip the height the everything yeah, now he's of his public, public negativity right ni- yeah in 1998 thai company thai products did 1.4 billion dollars in sales wow 1.4 billion and at this height uh at these trade shows each there are a couple ladies that are doing this like as their thing um they are making 30 to 40 thousand dollars at each show That'd be like us going to designer con and selling $40,000 worth of stuff. And then they are um, quitting their jobs. The heartbreaking thing is you have people that are leaving actual professions of lawyers and all these things and thinking that this bubble is going to continue. Yeah, man, you got to worry about health insurance. What are you doing? Right. And you're (laughs) making $30,000 at one show. Get ready for the future. But these people are just like letting it ride. In 1998, when that happens, the market immediately starts to sag, and they can't figure out why. There are beanie babies that are going from five to seven hundred dollars in value, dropping to hundred and fifty dollars overnight, and no one knows why it's happening. Just oversaturated, right? Yeah, what? and then the so they think it's oversaturation, oversaturation, and they also think that people are wising up and realizing it's a toy. What else comes out in 97, 98? Well, we're approaching uh, the craziness of Y2K very quickly, Mm -hmm. but we're still in like the beginning booms of video games and stuff. So Beanie Baby's trying to keep up with a market that's slowly fading. We're still seeing like the slow fade of this market, but it's like really rapidly happening right now because video games are starting to become big. So he does this last stitch effort. 
we're coming to the close of Ty Warner pretty closely. Mm -hmm. Last ditch effort. And he says in the fall of 1999, no more Beanie Babies will ever be produced. Why? Right. What, what's the purpose that to make the value of everything else go up? I mean, and nothing really goes up because remember he has that 75,000 square foot warehouse of full. Stuff. Yeah. Right. So I'm so, done making the rest of them will come out. Yeah. Drip, drip, drip. Right. So theoretically increasing if, the value of all of them. Right. And he like along with this stuff and something that I, uh, we didn't cover. He is still like, there were issues that came along where he would like, there was a red bull that was named, I think it was named Tabasco. You can't use that name because that's a company. Uh, and right. so like all these things then have to be changed. And the new name became like snort. And so it was like, he's battling all these little things while he's trying to figure out why my market is sagging, why my sales are down all of a sudden I'm done. Right. And they, he realized as well, one of the things that I found when I was looking at all this stuff is even if he stopped producing one of them, because he would retire them along the way. Some mm -hmm. of them, they would just retire. Even if he stopped producing one that was technically retired, there was still a backstock that existed of that product in the world. Right. And so he does, he puts this out in 1999 on the website. Um and it's on the cusp of Y2K. So he, uh, Y2K panic is about to spread. He puts a, like a, you, you've seen the, is it the nuclear clock? Right. He puts that on the website and it's doing a countdown to like, when this hits, we're done. We're like, this is over. Almost like a doomsday thing. Right. Last stitch effort. He puts up uh, a vote that says, if you want to keep Beanie Babies, say yes. Or no, but each vote costs 50 cents. What? And so people are putting in thousands of dollars to help skew their voting in one direction. <laughs> this is so weird. It worked. He brings back Beanie Babies that next year, right after uh, year 2000 hits. Oh, so he. It's up to a vote to you. If you want to keep Beanie Babies, give me 50 cents. Right. So a huge publicity stunt does that. Um, but then following this, there's not much information that comes from it because the market, not only are they upset about all the other things that happened, not only did he make all these bad decisions, but then he does this huge publicity stunt and the market, instead of reacting with excitement that they're coming back, they spun the other way and they were pissed that he did it. Wah, wah. Yeah. And so, uh, the market starts to just peter out. And it never gets back to its height. Uh, he never really licensed it out at like really far past McDonald's. Um, if he did, it never went into like full scale. Right. And so he kept going. The next time we hear about Ty Warner is in 2013 when he is being uh, sued and being taken to court and ends up pleading guilty to tax evasion, where he has $107 million in offshore Swiss bank accounts. But where it fully comes to its end, Ty Warner is nowhere to be found. Like he exists somewhere, but he just right. is not a public figure anymore. Where it's, this story fully comes to an end is last year. Last year, for some reason, because of the rise of TikTok to its like one of the peaks of however many hundreds of millions of people, 
TikTok creators started realizing that there were bins of Beanie Babies in attics in all of their parents' houses. So they started showing them. And the problem is the second, we talked about this early, early on, the secondary market is what decides what things are worth. So if you go online right now, there there are websites that will tell you that this one's worth $10,000 if you find it. That website is such a horse's ass. Like no one's going to pay $10,000 for a Beanie Baby. Right. But these TikTok creators started this new wave. The wave only lasted for like three months. But the problem piece was when they all started talking about it again and they started selling it, there was a huge resurgence of sales that happened again. And people started buying and again, lost their asses on Beanie Babies. Yeah, like a weird nostalgia bubble or something for everybody trying to go back. Oh, I remember those. Oh, I bet I still have some. Oh, I do. And now as you're going down the thing, you go like, I I really, why did I stop collecting these things? These things were so great. I wonder what they're worth now. Oh, they're not worth anything. I remember this one. It was super cool. I couldn't get my hands on it. Now I can get it for five bucks. Oh, babe, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And and then it starts this weird, like, I mean, that is genuinely nostalgia how all kind of nostalgia collecting sort of weird booms and and waves happen is super fascinating. Yep. You still see them in stores. Nothing like the old ones they used to make. They try to appeal to new generations and younger kids. Um, But the collectors have since gone. Everyone has since ceased in dealing with these things. Ty Warner is no longer like a public figure. Um, They are now in much bigger stores. You can find them in CVSs, different stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, this, it, it is the rise and fall of a company that made $1.4 billion at its peak and it only lasted six years. I really didn't realize it was only like six years. It seemed like it went on yeah. forever. It was so crazy. Um, the main way that, because remember all these people quit their jobs and stuff, uh, and it was usually yeah. the big, like heavy hitters. And they, if you do a check-in on these people now and what they're doing, it still, oddly enough, revolves around Beanie Babies somewhat. They are now authenticators because they knew the system so well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, six years from rise to to mediocre fall because you still see the company and it still exists, but it has never been the same. Yeah.